Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. The two screams you just heard came from Will Ferrell and Anchorman and Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker in The Empire Strikes Back. Movie screams seem like easy work, but they're not. That's why some of the best are so iconic. You have scary ones, like Captain Quint from Jaws. Or Janet Lee from Psycho. And the original Scream Queen, Faye Ray, from King Kong way back in 1933. Then you've got non-horror screams, like Kevin from Home Alone feeling the burn of aftershave. I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. And Marv the burglar from the same film when Kevin puts a tarantula on his face. Harry, help me get up! the most famous movie scream is one you've heard, but maybe never heard of. The Wilhelm scream. Hi, I'm Steve Lee. I'm a sound effects wrangler, a film historian, and I'm forming the Hollywood Sound Museum. It's interesting how how Wilhelm has sort of become this sort of, you know, go-to sound effect that sort of represents a lot more than just the one sound. It's fascinating how many of these sounds are actually reused over and over and over. You may be thinking, what's the Wilhelm scream? If you think you've never heard it, it's been used in movies such as Batman... Star Wars... Toy Story, Lord of the Rings, Tropic Thunder, Beauty and the Beast, Team America, Spaceballs, Jurassic World, 300, Cars, Indiana Jones, and hundreds of other films. And this barely scratches the surface. When I was a kid growing up, I went to Disneyland. I lived in L.A., and I went to Disneyland, and I watched movies, and I recorded movies off the TV and, and, you know, studied the soundtrack, and I started to hear sound effects over and over. Wilhelm was one of them, but there were many other, too. There, there was a dog bark that uh, is in uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland, and I remember hearing it again in Mary Poppins when I was watching that on TV once, and I'm going, somebody must reuse these sound effects. 
And that, that sort of was a very early realization. And that sort of led the way for my, you know, research and fascination with how these sounds are collected and reused and cataloged. The Wilhelm scream has been used in tons of movies. But where did it come from? We've done uh, some sort of backtracking. Most of this done by Ben Burt himself, who is the Star Wars sound effects designer, who uh, started using this as sort of a personal sound signature. The name actually comes from what is probably the second film it was used in, which was Charge at Feather River, which was 1953 at Warner Brothers. Poor Private Wilhelm is at the end of this party going by on horses. And the leader yells back to him to, you know, pick up your pace. And he says, oh, I'm just filling my pipe. And in that moment, he gets an arrow in the leg and lets out the scream. Wilhelm! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe. They must have liked the Wilhelm scream a lot because they ended up using it two more times in the film. Once when a soldier is killed. And another for an American Indian warrior in battle. The Charge at Feather River was the film that gave Wilhelm its name. But it was the second film it was used in. What was the first? It started at Warner Brothers. The first film it was in was a uh, Western called Distant Drums, a Gary Cooper Western. Distant Drums was released two years before the charge at Feather River in 1951. And it had a scene where a man is is walking across uh, the, the Florida Everglades with other soldiers, and he's bitten and dragged underwater by an alligator. And they needed a scream for that. Ben found a memo in the Warner Brothers archives that said that uh, several people came in to do sort of post vocals for the film. And we're pretty sure that the screen was recorded in that session. And one of the gentlemen on the list of people was a guy named Sheb Woolley. Who is most famous for his pop song, uh, Purple People Eater. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. But he was a character actor, and he was in a lot of these old westerns. Sure looks strange to me. We're pretty sure that he was he is responsible for the scream. And many years later, I was able to put uh, Ben Burt in touch with Sheb's uh, widow. And she uh, she was delighted. And she actually remembered that Sheb used to talk about going in to do sessions like that and screams and things like that. So we're, we're like 99% sure it's, it's Sheb Woolley. Sheb Woolley sounds like a fascinating guy. A singer, an on-screen actor, and a voice actor. But how was the Wilhelm scream actually captured on tape? Well, thanks to Steve, we've acquired the full-length original recording of the session. It was recorded from a Warner Brothers soundstage in 1951 on the set of Distant Drums. Remember, Sheb is not actually in a river surrounded by alligators. He's trying to create the sound of tremendous pain, agony, and fear, but from the safe surroundings of a film lot. The session starts out you hear several people on a stage. We believe it was actually recorded on a filming soundstage and not a recording stage because you hear several people milling about. 
And then you hear someone slate through, and he says, a man getting bit by an alligator, and he screams. And you hear a director, like, shutting everyone up. And then he tells the guy, okay. And he asks for the first scream. Okay, right. And it's pretty good. It's, it's like a quick scream. He does another one. And then he asks for a little direction. The first one you did up here was much better. You know, I shared the frustration with the director. It's like, no, that's not what I want. I want a real scream. <laughs> oh! And he's getting closer, but it's still not quite. And then the director gives him something that motivates him to, to do the, the, the classic scream that we all recognize. No, no, not an owl. A real scream of pain. Oh! And then the next two are very similar to that. we've actually used these, all three of these last ones, as sort of uh, the official Wilhelm. If this obscure scream was first used back in 1951, how did it become so popular that it's been used in so many movies since then? We'll find out after this. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures, Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20K. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 20K for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20K. Rules and restrictions may apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're now pretty sure that Sheb Woolley was the voice behind the Wilhelm scream. We also know how it was recorded. But how did this spread like wildfire and become the most iconic movie scream in history? Ben Burt went to college with uh, two guys, Rick Mitchell and uh, Richard Anderson. 
Richard and Ben uh, won an Oscar for Raiders of the Lost Ark for sound effects. Yep, that was our friend Wilhelm in Raiders of the Lost Ark. They were sort of doing this as a little joke in film school at, at USC, using this scream that they remembered from all these old westerns. And they started using it in their, their short films at USC. And when they went pro, they started sneaking it into the films that they did for real, real feature films. For decades, this was a below-the-radar thing that only sound designers knew about. Maybe someone in the industry who used the Wilhelm scream themselves might recognize it in another film. But it wasn't really a thing. Uh, Warner Brothers used it quite a bit. I mean, it was in their library. And sound editors could just pull it and use it. And up until the early 70s, it was still getting used out of Warner Brothers exclusively. And uh, Ben uh, tracked it down when he was doing research for Star Wars. He said, oh, I got to use this. This is a favorite of mine. He tracked down the master and he started using it in all the Star Wars films, all the Indiana Jones films. And that's when I started to really take notice and, and started maintaining a list of all, as, as best I could. I mean, there, there are hundreds of films. And like many things, when the internet came along, everything changed. I started sort of pushing Wilhelm, and we used it in quite a few films. And I think I sort of uh, overdid it because uh, it, it really got noticed by a lot of people. And then when I published the list online on a uh, movie history website I run, I, I published this list and sort of the definitive history of Wilhelm. And that's pretty much when the dam broke. <laughs> ben Burt started this, and Steve kind of took the baton and ran with it. I wondered, what are some of the best uses of the Wilhelm scream? Or at least, the most memorable? He was just doing it as a little in-joke, and then I sort of pushed the envelope a little in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. We, st we used it in everything. I even got it in a Goofy movie. I was the sound designer of a Goofy movie, and it has absolutely no business being in a Goofy movie. Roxanne, please don't forget me. I will return someday. Ah! Oh, I may be in traction when I do. While Ben introduced the Wilhelm scream to people like George Lucas, it sounds like Steve has done his fair share. I wondered if there's a good story about any directors he brought into the Wilhelm Club. We were very lucky at our sound shop. We worked with a lot of uh, directors over and over who kept coming back and some first-timers that uh, went on to be uh, really great and do some amazing things. One of them is a guy uh, I'm sure you've heard of named Quentin Tarantino. We did his first film, Reservoir Dogs. And there are a couple Wilhelms in that one. How did you get out? I shot my way out. I started shooting, so I blasted my way out of there. Move it! Get out of the way! And I will never forget, we cut it in, and then when we were dubbing the film, we pointed it out to him and told him the history. We actually, we schooled him on it. And he loved it. Quentin's a huge movie fan and just, just eats that stuff up. And I had a little tiny black and white TV in my office, and I turned it on, and... Lo and behold, Distant Drums is on the Saturday afternoon film. So I ducked my head into the dub stage and said, Hey guys, you, you remember I told you about that scream? Well, the movie's on right now that it was recorded. And Quentin went nuts. Oh my God, really? Really? Uh, do you know when it's coming up? Can you tell us when it's coming up? And I, yeah, that's, I could probably give you like five minutes notice. Okay, do that and we'll take a break. And sure enough, I did. And I, I called him in and there was like 10 guys in my little office. And as soon as it came on, Quentin was screaming, That's in my movie! <laughs> 
That's pretty good. It's got to be hard to top Quentin Tarantino. Peter Jackson was another one when it was in uh, The Two Towers. He apparently told the the mixers uh, to turn it up, make it louder. Like many movie styles or special effects, they eventually fade out. Has interest in using the Wilhelm scream started to die down? It's still used all the time. It's in commercials. I'll turn on the TV and I'll hear it in an, an Exxon commercial or something. It's pretty crazy. You know, kids coming out of film school are eager to use it too. And there's a scene in the, the Judy Garland Star is Born where it's actually completely in the clear and you can notch out the classic take number four Wilhelm. And people are stealing it out of that to use in their student films and things like that. It's pretty crazy. So why does the movie industry continue to use the Wilhelm scream? Is it cliche or cache? Maybe it's a connector, a through line, a way to be a link in the chain of movie history from 1951 to today, to share a common bond with directors like George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, and Quentin Tarantino. A week does not go by where I don't get an email or a message from someone saying, I heard it in such and such. Hey, we're on a dub stage in Australia putting it in some little movie or, you know, hey, it's going to be in a Twix commercial. It's going to start airing in December, you know, that kind of thing. Ben accused me of starting a cult, and I'd I'd have to agree with him. (laughs) It's, It's sort of a way of communicating with others in our craft. It's like a way of saying hi. One of my dear friends, another Oscar winner, Dave Stone, he equated it to dogs on a fire hydrant and other other dogs would come by and, oh yeah, Sam's been here. We put it in there to see if others of our kind get noticed. And I, I for sure, if I hear it in a movie that I wasn't aware it was in, I'll wait and look at the credits more closely and say, oh yeah, so-and-so did this. Yeah, that, that dirty dog, he snuck it in. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making television, film, and games sound incredible. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was produced and edited by Kevin Eds and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound designed and mixed by Nick Spradlin. A huge thanks to film historian and sound effects archivist Steve Lee, who's heading up the Hollywood Sound Museum project. The museum will be a destination for fans, students, scholars, and professionals, where you'll be able to discover the art of creating sound for film, TV, and other media through exhibits and educational programs. Please help get this great cause off the ground by visiting hollywoodsoundmuseum.org. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. You can find out all the tracks we use at 20k.org. Lastly, I love hearing from you, so be sure to connect with us on social. You can do that on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, or by writing hi at 20k.org. And if you have any show suggestions or are interested in a partnership, or if you'd like to advertise on the show, reach out at hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. 